today. If you got your Bibles, if you'd go to Revelation chapter 2, and uh, we're going to, we got quite a bit of scripture this morning and more than what might be normal. Uh, but if you want to go to Revelation chapter 2, we're going to read verses 8 through 11, and we're going to continue on with our uh, letters to the churches uh, uh, saga here. And uh, when you are there, if you are able to and would like, if you wouldn't mind standing for the reading of God's Word today, one last time. We're going to start in Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, and then we're also going to read in Revelation chapter 3, uh, verse 7 through 12. And it'll be on the screen uh, if, you, if that helps you to keep up. This is what the, the Word says this morning. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Flipping over to Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, The words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one will open. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have, so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and on my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. I add that you would add your blessing and anointing upon it. Let your word that goes forward not return void and let it produce much fruit in our lives that we may leave here different than how we walked in. In your name we pray. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for bearing with me as we read all of that. Uh, this morning we are uh, looking at two churches together. And the reason for that is these churches uh, had very similar happenings that they were walking through and dealing with uh, together. They were facing uh, tribulation. They were facing persecution. These churches of Smyrna and Philadelphia, they, they were actually the only two churches out of the seven that Jesus did not have a rebuke for. That these are the two churches that he looked upon and said, y'all are doing well. Just take heart and keep moving forward through this hard season that you're going through. 
And as we look at this today, like just like we uh, mentioned last week, you know, when, when we look in the book of Revelation, it, it, it's oftentimes known as just the scary book. You know, it's, it's the book that a lot of people skip over in their Bible reading plan. At the end, they're like, oh, that one's hard to understand, and it gives me nightmares. But we need to understand that we, we should be taking in the entirety of the Word of God. Amen? We, we should really be diving in and understanding all of it, because when you really get into the book of Revelation, it should be a book that we get to celebrate over rather than be afraid of if you are a believer. And so as, like I mentioned last week, as we move forward in this this week, you know, these churches were, were looked upon as blessed by, by God. They, they were looked upon as obedient, faithful churches. They were just walking through some tribulation and some hard times. Has anybody ever walked through a hard time in your life? And see, like, like we talked about last week, as we evaluate these letters to the church, you know, us as believers, us as the people and children of God, we make up the church. And so, yes, we want our, our building, our location here to be in alignment with God's Word, but it starts with us as individuals in our own personal lives being in alignment with God's Word. Amen? And so as we, as we look through this, we find a lot more encouragement than we find correction today. And so we're combining these because both of these churches were going through tribulation like I just mentioned. But I like how the letter starts out as he writes to the church at Smyrna and he, and he tells them, he says, I know your tribulation. That There's something special about that statement. And here lately I feel like I've become something of a Greek scholar. Um, I, I, I've just really been into the reading into the Greek and the original language. But when you, when you look at the word used there, I don't try to ever pronounce them because I butcher them. But I'll tell you what it means. When you look in the original Greek of that word, uh, uh, I know, what he's talking about, he's not just saying, I'm aware of your tribulation. He's saying, I understand your tribulation. See, there's a big difference there. It's one thing for me to know that my car is broken. It's another thing for me to understand how it is broken and how it can be fixed. And I know the engine makes it go, but I don't understand how. And so there is a major difference between just being aware of it and knowing it and really understanding it. And we should really be able to look at that and truly take heart in that reality that God understands our tribulation. You see, he has such a deep understanding of anything that we may be walking through in our life, mostly because the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that we do not have a high priest with whom we cannot sympathize, but he was just as like we were tempted at every point yet without sin. But that goes beyond just the temptation to sin. He experienced ridicule. He experienced slander. He experienced abuse. He experienced betrayal and heartbreak and all of the same types of hurts and aches and, and struggles that we go through today. He can sympathize with us. And so he has this deep understanding because he's been there himself. When we walk through messes, when we walk through troubles and tribulation in our life, we can take heart. The Bible says, Jesus says, in this life you will have trouble. That's a promise of God. That's not a promise we like to, to hang on to. But when you look at the second part, he says, but you can take heart because I have overcome the world. In other words, I've been there, I've done that, I've overcome it, and I can show you the way through it. 
See, when because he understands our tribulation, it's not that he just knows what's going on that's causing the tribulation. He's looking at it, and he's saying, oh, yes, I know where this is leading. I know all the, the turns. I know what's up around the corner. And if you would just trust in me and be faithful in your faith to me and in, in, the, in the relationship that we have with him, he will direct us through that tribulation. That's what he is telling this church in Smyrna. He's letting them know. He's like, listen, listen, like, yes, it's, it's here, it's painful, it's hard, but I understand it. If you want to know the way through it, if you want to know how you can come out on the other side of this and, and come out victorious and get through this and, and receive that crown of life that he said he promised to the church that stayed faithful through those tribulations, he says, if you would just stay close to me and my heart and my word, I will lead you through it. And you can come out on the other side. The reality of it is, is there is going to be some form of tribulation in all of our lives. That it's unavoidable. There will be circumstances that are hard, that are painful, that are heartbreaking and difficult. Like that that is just the reality of living life on a broken earth in a, in a broken world, a sinful world. But he gives us encouragement that he that in these churches of Philadelphia and Smyrna, he's, he's letting them know, don't, don't worry about it. Don't be afraid of what you're getting ready to walk through. And, and what lies ahead of us is greater than what you are walking through now. That crown of life that he promised to the church of Smyrna and Philadelphia, the, the, the eternal glory, the eternal freedom that he promised is so much greater. We actually even see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, that says, For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What is coming is so much greater that it can't even be compared to what is now. Whatever your suffering is, the the flip side of that, the reward of faithfulness in suffering is so much greater than you could ever possibly imagine. It may not be a reward that you really experience here in this life on earth, but there is an eternal crown, an eternal weight of glory that will never fade, that will never go away, a promise that someday we will walk through heaven's gate and he will walk, wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more sickness, no more hurting, no more pain. And like he says to these churches, the second death will not be there to harm you. It is in an eternal promise of wholeness and glory in his presence forever. So even if like on this earth you don't see the victory, there is, there is a victory to be had in glory. And that is something we can look to. Part of getting through a difficult time is understanding that there is something to look forward to. Does anybody enjoy road trips? Like, you, you really, truly love riding in the car and sitting in traffic for 15 hours? No, no, nobody likes that. But what you are looking forward to is where you're going. 
I have yet to meet somebody who really truly enjoys being stuck in traffic. But if you're on your way to the beach, if you're on your way to to Disney World or wherever it is you want to go and you are riding in that car, you will endure that. You ain't going to turn around and go back because you're like, listen, I've already got my tickets. I'm already ready to sit on that beach. And in fact, I believe that when you get to that beach, all that trouble you dealt with, all of that, that suffering and that traffic you dealt with makes that arrival so much better. I believe it is really much the same in our faith. Heaven becomes so much sweeter when we walk through a lot of tribulation here on this earth. Even when you get victory on this earth, that victory, you appreciate it so much more. That, that overcoming, that, that conquering is such a, a sweeter taste when it arrives. And you, you give God more glory. You, you love him more. And, you, and your relationship with him, your love for him grows even all the more because you can say, Lord, what you brought me through, I thank you for We have something to look forward to. And part of getting through it is understanding that there is something greater ahead of us. We also need to understand that, uh, like uh, even 2 Corinthians 4 tells us, that what is seen, what we're dealing with, is temporary. Affliction has, and tribulation has, difficulty has, heartbreak has, sickness has, all of it has an expiration date. Eventually, it will come to an end. He, he tells the church at Smyrna, it's going to come for 10 days. They had an advantage of knowing when it would end. But we need to really truly understand that what we walk through, what we deal with as a church, as individuals, is a temporary situation. It's a season, not a destination. It's a bump in the road in comparison to where that road leads. You see, we get so hung up and we think this is never going to end. The pain is never going to go away. The heartache is never going to stop. The, the scars are never going to heal. The, the wounds are always going to be there. But it, when we are faithful in our relationship with God, when we are faithful to his word, when we allow him to do the work that he wants to do in our life, we can experience true healing, and we can experience the reality of what Scripture says, that weeping only lasts for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It's temporary. This too shall pass. It's not going to last forever. I think another thing that we can cling to when we are walking through a difficult season of life, uh, like I said, I'm really into word studies and all of that stuff right now, but it's amazing what God speaks to you uh, when you begin to look at things on a deeper level. The word tribulation comes from the Latin tribulum, which is an agricultural tool used to separate the wheat from the chafe. They would take it and they would drag it over the pile and it would separate the good from the bad what could be used, what was good for making bread and, and, and cooking with and all of those things, it would pull out from what was useless and what was bad and what was a waste. So in other words, tribulation can be a tool in our life of faith. It can be a tool when we allow it to be a tool. See, sometimes tribulation is allowed to come because it is there to separate 
the things in our life that should not be there. If, one th- if I've learned anything in my life about walking through difficult seasons is that nothing really reveals what's on the inside of your heart like going through something hard. It will either reveal your faith or it will reveal the lack of faith. It will reveal a deep, intimate relationship with God or it will reveal the lack thereof. Walking through seasons of tribulation can, can mold us and shape us and it can show us this needs to go. It can show us I do not have the patience I thought I had. I do not have the love of Christ that I thought I had. I do not have, I do not have the fruits of the Spirit like I thought I had. And there is room for improvement. There is room to be more like Christ. Tribulation makes us more like Christ. Because it molds and shapes us. It removes the things that ought not be there and allows us to separate those things and say, we need to get rid of this, but we need more of this. Tribulation is a tool. One of the directions he gives to the the church in Philadelphia is to hold on to what you have. Hold on to the word. He tells them to hold on to your faith. Hold on to Jesus. Cling to his word. Stay faithful to it. You see, one of the things that blows my mind, and I, I... I give grace because we're, we're, we're weak in our flesh, but is, is how quick people are to abandon the place of God, the presence of God, the word of God, the people of God when things get hard in their life. We will isolate ourselves rather than go to the place where we can find wholeness and healing. We, we, will, we will go and we will search for it everywhere else. We will abandon what was so good to us, what was so true to us when things get hard. We, we have that human nature. I, I've yet to really pin down the science behind why, because for when everything was good, we, we were all about our faith. We were all about uh, being in church and, and, and being involved in worshiping and participating, taking notes. All of these things were so good, but the moment a storm comes, we want to jump ship. We want to go, okay, that things are not good. And, and I don't know if it's just because we think that there was something wrong in our faith and now we need to go try something different. I don't know what it is, but for, for, for all that is holy in this world, do not abandon your faith when things get hard. If anything, you need to cling more tightly to it. I even believe that sometimes the tribulations that we walk through, the difficulties that we walk through are, are, are strategically placed in our life to allow for growth, to allow for us to dive deeper, to understand God more, to know him more. Uh, there are things that go on in our life where, where God will reveal to us a, a fresh revelation of who he is. In other words, he will give us an understanding of him, his grace, his goodness, his mercy that we did not have before and that we would not have had if we had not walked through this, this thing. You will never know God as the healer until he heals you from a sickness. You will not know him as the one who makes you whole until you've been broken. You might know, you might be aware of it, but like I said earlier, there is a difference between being aware and truly understanding. You will know God in a more intimate way when we cling tighter to our faith rather than walking away from our faith. I want to also have us be encouraged today to understand that uh, in, in Revelation 3, 9, that if we endure all of this stuff that we go through here on this earth, all of the suffering, all of the pain, 
what happens is, in chapter 3, verse 9 of Revelation, it says that the enemy will come and bow and understand that God has loved us. How we walk through a situation, how we come out on the other side of a situation, reveals not only to the devil, but to those that see us every day, the relationship that we have with God and how God has loved us and blessed us and kept us in that mess. That when we come out to the other side, there is more glory towards God. There, there is a deeper relationship with God, but, but there, there will be a, 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 a moment of reckoning for the devil who tried to mess with us that he will have to look at us and say, I tried and I failed. I threw everything I could at them. And they still refuse to walk away from their faith. And now I have to sit here and admit that God truly loves them and that they are kept by him. And I lost this battle. I, I don't, maybe, maybe I'm weird, but there's something that, that makes me happy about coming to a moment where I could look the devil in the face and say, Hi, you lost You tried to take my joy. You tried to take my peace. You tried to take my health. You you tried to take this. You tried to take that. You tried to kill this. You tried to mess this up, but you failed. Because the God that I serve has kept me through this. And now you have to wallow in your failure. There is something about that, that that makes me excited. And maybe I'm weird for that, but I, I think if we're going to be honest, there is, there is something about having some bragging rights in the spiritual. To be able to look at the devil and say, listen, you've tried here, 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 and here, and you failed every time. Maybe you should just give up. So you can start using those victories to fuel the victory you need in the future. Those chapters you've closed in the past are chapters that can help you get through the season that you're currently in. And that victory can fuel the next victory. One of the things I really want us to understand, too, in all of these letters is he talks to the church of Philadelphia. He says, you're not big in power. You're small in your power. You know, like, you don't have a lot of influence you don't have a lot, of, a lot of resources. You don't have what a lot of others have. But you have stayed faithful. And because of your faithfulness, God says, I am opening a door in front of you that no man can shut. You see, we, we look at our lives sometimes, and, and we look at our circumstance that we are in while walking through a hard time. In other words, if you have financial difficulty, you look at your bank account rather than the one who is the provider. If you are walking through a health situation, you look at your situation and the doctor's qualities and what's available in modern medicine and, and all of your options there, and, and, and we miss out on the God that we serve. We, we, we can look at our... At, at a hospital room when we get a bad diagnosis, we can look at all of our options and say, that's just not going to be enough. The doctors can tell you that it's, it's going to be over. You can look at your finances and say, oh, we're, we're never going to retire. We're never going to get here. We're, we're never going to get out of this hole. We're never going to get out of this because we just don't have enough 
coming in. And you can look at these things. You can look at your family and say, I don't even have communication with the ones who are way out there. They've abandoned. They've walked away. They're prodigals. They're, they're out there living crazy. And our home is broken. Our family's broken. I don't even have opportunity. You can look at how, how small you think you are. But, but what God is encouraging this church at Philadelphia with is he's telling them, he's, he's letting them know that, listen, because of your faithfulness to me, I am going to open a door in front of you that no man can shut. In other words, there is going to be the resources that you need, the influence that you need. To this church specifically, he's saying, you don't have the influence, you don't have the, the, the lights, camera, action that the other churches have, you don't have the, the, the fancy opportunities and all of this stuff. He's like, but because of your faithfulness, I'm going to give you the influence I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm going to give you the resources, and I'm going to take care of you in this so that my gospel can go forward, that my, my word can go forward into the land. And it's so much the same thing in our life. When we are faithful, when we are true to our faith, and we, are, and we maintain our relationship with Christ, and we stay faithful in tribulation, there comes a moment where he opens up a door for us that cannot be shut that, that there will be opportunity because of our faithfulness. I'm not saying you're going to walk through a door and become a millionaire, but maybe that is God's will for your life. But you might just get out of the debt. You might just find your healing. You might just find reconciliation in your family. You might just find the joy and the peace that you thought you would never get again. But there will come a moment when we remain faithful in tribulation where God says, I will open a door in front of you that no man will be able to shut. In other words, what God blesses us with, what God opens the door for in our life, nobody or nothing else can take it away from us. He, he, he reserves those special things for us, for us as a reward for our faithfulness. See, they were a church that they, they won the approval of Jesus. Both of these churches were approved by God. Had, he had no rebuke for either one of them because of their faithfulness to his word, to who he is, and their relationship with him. And as a result, they receive the reward for their faith. You see, we need to understand when we look at these churches that, like I mentioned at the beginning, this, this is for us. Like he wrote the churches to, he wrote the letters to those churches, but they were put in scripture for us to look at and be able to evaluate ourselves. And we can draw a comparison and be like, am I, am I faithful? Because when these churches were faithful, God opened doors for them. When these, when these people of God were faithful, they, they, they were kept through their, their tribulation. They, they stayed faithful. They stayed in the word. They stayed praying. They stayed worshiping. They didn't abandon their faith. They didn't run to other places, but they stayed close to me. And, and, and so, like, or stay close to him. And we can look at this and say, am I doing that same thing? You see, we, we love to look at Scripture and compare ourselves to the heroes. I'm just like David. I can slay a giant. But sometimes we got to be honest with ourselves and compare ourselves in a way that is very humbling to us. Because that same David that slayed a giant fell into lust and nearly destroyed him. 
we need to be able to, to look at the Scriptures with an honest look in the mirror because as we know, we talked about before that the Bible teaches us in Second Corinthians that it's like we're looking in a mirror at the glory of the Lord when the veil is removed. We're looking in there and He's trying to take us from glory to glory. But sometimes to get to the next glory, you have to have a humbling experience in the presence of God to evaluate some things and say, I am greatly falling short. I am missing it completely. And yes, this, these churches got so much, they, they got their pat on the back, they got the encouragement, but when we evaluate this, we need to ask ourselves today, and I hope you find encouragement in this, but I also believe that it's just as much as we find encouragement in Scripture, we need the correction that comes with it, so that way we can truly receive the blessing of that encouragement by being aligned with God's word and being obedient to him. And so if we look at this, can we be honest with ourselves today and evaluate where we are at in our individual lives? Can we really look at this and honestly say that we are truly faithful to God? We know he's faithful to us. He tells us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But do we remain faithful in tribulation? Do we cling to his word? Do we stay in his grace and in his presence? Does your faith waver in affliction? I think if we can be honest today that there are times for all of us when things are bad and they're really bad, that we have questions for God. And a lot of times those questions are, what did I do to deserve this? Those questions are, God, are you really here with me? How could this happen? Why did you allow this to happen? We have all these questions. And I wish I could answer every single one of them for you. I wish when every, every time somebody was walking through something, the Lord would just speak to me and I could just be like, hey, this, this is all, all you got to do, A, B, C, and D, and you'll, you'll be out of the woods in no time. I wish that was the case. But the reality of it is, is when we walk through these seasons, I truly believe that the Lord wants us to lean into him. And there is an individual blessing for you in the tribulation that you don't see. Don't allow the circumstance to blind you from what God is trying to do in your life. Don't ever allow your focus to shift from him to what's going on around you. These churches in Revelation, I'm going to close here in just a moment. But these churches here in Revelation, they never took their eyes off of Jesus and his word. And no matter what came their way, they stayed focused on him. They stayed focused on their calling to preach his word, to be faithful to his word, to stay faithful in their relationship with him. They, 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 they never took their eyes off of him, and because of it, God opened a door for them. And so my encouragement for you today is when you stay faithful in your relationship with Christ and you stay faithful to his word and obedient to his word, that God, he, God will open up a door for you that will let you get out of that season and move into a season of blessing. But our opportunity for correction today is for us to examine ourselves and ask honestly, where do we stand on this scale of faithfulness? 
well, where do we stand when it comes to comparing ourselves to these churches whom Jesus had no rebuke for? And it wasn't anything special about the location of the church. It wasn't anything special about the place they met to worship. And what was special about it was the people within that church and their individual lives came together in agreement and unity that we will stay faithful. We will keep our eyes on him. Will you stand with me this morning? I, w- I want to close us out this morning.